0: Welcome to the Almost Enlightened Podcast. I'm Alex Morin, your host, and I'm thrilled to be here today to talk to you about a new episode that I've just created. It's called Marijuana in the Family. To date, this is the most interesting podcast that I've created. Not that the previous episodes were less interesting, just that the earlier episodes came easily because I was focusing on topics that make me comfortable. This one, however, makes me a little less comfortable, which is why ultimately I decided to make it. And I do love a challenge, and it's actually thrilling to think something through, especially when it requires a little bit more focus. In today's episode, I want to take some time to examine the changing nature of society's view on the use of marijuana, particularly how it relates to the modern family. So where on earth do we start? There really isn't a beginning, because medicinal marijuana has been used for thousands of years across many civilizations, including usage in China, Egypt, and across the Roman and Grecian empires. From treating epilepsy, rabies, anxiety, bacterial infections, and inflammation, it's really only in the 20th century that it becomes illegal in many countries. So its prohibition period, in quotation marks, is tiny in relation to the history of its usage. But in a growing number of countries, like Canada, where I live, the recreational use of marijuana has been legalized. And that's a game changer, particularly in a family environment where usage opens a Pandora's box of possibilities and outcomes for the entire family. In doing a little research for this podcast, I visited a few medical websites that I could better understand the effects of marijuana on the human body, both short-term and long-term. And after I looked at a healthy variety of sites, I settled onto the Government of Canada's official website and its health statements surrounding the use of marijuana. And as it turns out, the webpage isn't at all what I expected. You see, what I've found in the past is that most medical sites outline the effects of marijuana usage with a bias towards marijuana being a bad substance or a substance that leads to bad results. So I'll admit that it may not be the case that the bias exists but I certainly feel it to be true. Hey, and because it's my show, that's good enough for me. So when I finally arrived at the Canadian government site, I was actually shocked by what I perceived to be neutral and matter-of-fact statements that are made on the site. And I actually ended up appreciating the information so much that I'm going to list just a few things that the site proclaims. So here's what the site has to say about short-term effects. You can experience feeling high, which they define as euphoria. You can experience a sense of well-being, relaxation, heightened sensory experiences, and they're talking about sight, taste, smell, or sound. Good on the Canadian government. I mean, to mention the positives. Because I hadn't come across one official medical site that does that. To continue, it goes on to say that some of the negative short-term effects might include confusion, sleepiness, impaired ability to remember, concentrate or pay attention, react quickly or to have anxiety, fear, or panic. Short-term side effects can include damaged blood vessels if smoking marijuana, decreased blood pressure, or an increased heart rate. They also note that usage could result in psychotic episodes characterized by paranoia, delusions, or hallucinations. Potential longer-term effects include harm to your memory, concentration, intelligence, ability to think, and make decisions. And then they suggest that early adoption by adolescents could be worse. And they wrap it up by saying that other long-term effects could include lung infections, chronic coughing, or increased mucus buildup in the chest. So there you have it. A very honest site. A site that shows positivity and negativity. It never actually felt to me as though the site was presenting a public service announcement decrying the use of marijuana. I think the site actually did a decent job of presenting what the Canadian government believes to be the latest medical information at their disposal. So, having laid the groundwork, let's delve into the subject matter. In a typical family, you may have a person or people who consume marijuana. You may have people who are vociferously opposed to it. You may have people who are indifferent about it. And, or, you may have people that are impressionable and haven't formulated any opinion yet. You can certainly see that regardless of the scenario, there's waters that need to be navigated. And to extend the metaphor, when you're navigating waters, you typically study charts for a while until you set sail. But I don't think that the majority of us do any studying or much thinking before we navigate the waters of marijuana and the family. Because just like the navigation of waters, there are bound to be hidden obstacles, crazy currents, tides that we have to contend with. That's right, challenges. For most of us, our problem-solving skills kick in when there's a problem. But if I've learned anything over the years, it's that problem-solving is best done before there's a problem. What I mean is that I'm willing to wager there's millions of families that don't have a policy or haven't given any thought to marijuana usage. When an issue comes up, they're flying by the seat of their pants, and this generally isn't the best way to solve a problem, let alone an opportune time to be making the rules. Because if you want to make rules, it's really important that all stakeholders are present when those rules are being written. Exerting your will in the family because of your beliefs and your position of authority in the family often results in ideological clashes that seldom get resolved. And that's such a massive lesson for me that I'm only learning right now. And had I known better... I think we probably would have seen different results in our family. Anyways, let's get back to exerting your will on the family. Expand that thought to larger families, like a country, and you begin to see how these types of differences and resulting policymaking can create divisiveness, hatred, and sometimes even war. The family is really just a microcosm of a country. What I'm leading up to is the suggestion that an open family conversation about marijuana usage is vitally important. In our family, kids always have a say. But at the end of the day, it's mine and my wife's house, so we get the final say. Now, it's not to say that we're dictators, although my kids might argue differently, but that we're entitled to live in and create the environment of our choice. This is why it's important that, as the pilots of our household, we understand our destination before we take off. Because if we don't know we're flying to Sydney, Australia, then there is zero chance we're going to get there. But with the coordinates in our computer, we're pretty much guaranteed to arrive at our destination. Now, sometimes we're going to encounter some turbulence, and that causes us to have to change our altitude in order to find smoother air. And sometimes we have to navigate it around some pretty intense storms. But knowing our destination is fundamental to being able to navigate the challenging scenarios that can and often do present themselves. So to continue the metaphor of airplanes, the flight attendants, i.e. our kids, are equally as important as the pilots. Each has their role, and each role is super important in getting the plane and all of its passengers to their destination in a comfortable way. And this is why the crew of an airplane always has a quick meeting before a flight in order to go over the plan. Now, I'm not going to tell you what your plan should be, but I will strongly recommend that you have one and that even more importantly, you share that plan, work on the plan together as a family, modify it accordingly, and not be afraid of revisiting it often should circumstances change. But above all else, have a plan. Alright, I find this next part fascinating. Marijuana usage is also subject to stigma. For example, do you feel weird or uncomfortable if you're smoking a joint in your backyard and you know your neighbors can smell it because they're also outside? Would you be embarrassed if your five-year-old told his teacher that his parents were smoking the devil's lettuce last night? How would it make you feel if you handed in your expenses to your boss and one of those expenses was marijuana. What does your mom think? What does your dad think? What do your grandparents think? You get the point. What I'm saying is that while we drink in our backyards without giving it any thought, and we wouldn't care if our son or daughter tells their teacher that mom loves wine and dad loves Budweiser, there's definitely a stigma that's attached to marijuana usage. Actually, here's another scenario. How do you feel when people know that your underage child smokes pot? Until recently, I felt stupid and I felt that I had failed as a parent. So let's pursue that for a moment. I used to feel shame whenever I had to be honest and confess that one of my children smokes marijuana. Why did I feel that way? It's not my choice that my son smokes it. But as parents, we'd always been open and honest about the pitfalls of drug usage of any kind, including marijuana. And yet, in spite of good role-modeling, lots of healthy discussion, and a loving environment, one of our children still went down that path. Do I still love them? Yeah, of course I do! Am I disappointed? Hmm. That's more of a complicated question to answer, as my feelings on the topic are still evolving. I certainly used to be disappointed, but these days, I'm choosing to accept my son for who he is. And who he is, is a beautiful human being with heart, dreams, creativity, humor, and love. And what I'm finding is that the more I love and accept him, the more he's opening up to me, and he's showing me his true self. And it's, it's literally spectacular. Am I worried that he's possibly diminishing his intelligence, subjecting his lungs to carcinogens, or that his adolescent brain may be negatively impacted by his choice? Yeah, for sure. But at a certain age, and he's certainly at that certain age, people have to make their own choices and understand their wants and desires. Now, I do hope and I do pray that he gets there. And in fact, I affirm it Every day, by writing or saying how proud I am of my son, how great life is for him and for me, and how he's finding his true self on the path of his choice. I'm letting go, but I'm still always there for him. And that is totally different than throwing away or rejecting. No, I'm letting go of the emotional attachment to what I want for him. That's important. He's a bright dude. He'll figure out his path. And I guess one last thing on the topic. It turns out that whether we're parents, managers, leaders, older brothers, or sisters, we love to force our reality or our beliefs on our subjects. Now, I use that word deliberately because it's the wrong word. When we view a relationship as hierarchical, it's impossible to work in perfect unison one person becomes the leader and the other becomes the subject. This is why when you meet a very talented leader, it'll feel like you're meeting with a best friend. There is no hierarchy. Anyways, my point is that meeting my son on an even level has been an absolute revelation to me. While we're on the subject of teens, I want to give you a few interesting facts that I've uncovered. According to the 2018 National Survey on Drug Use and Health in the U.S., 44% of 12th graders have used marijuana in their lifetime, 22% of 12th graders have used marijuana in the past month, and 6%, about 1 in every 16, use marijuana on a daily basis. So earlier, I referenced the Canadian government site that states that the possible effects of marijuana usage could be worse if you begin consuming in early adolescence. Additional research prior to me recording this podcast also uncovered growing evidence that usage amongst teens impacts how connections are formed within the brain and or that it could interfere with neurotransmitters and create abnormal brain shape and structure volume. And I've also read that teenage marijuana usage reduces cognitive function. And the list goes on. So I'm not saying that my approach is the correct approach. I just think it's important to know as many facts as you can, and then make some decisions that make sense to you and your family. I created today's episode because it's uncomfortable for me. And here is my reality. My wife and I share a joint on most nights of the week. Because of the family dynamic, we have our teenagers half the time and our five-year-old all the time. So until recently, we only smoked when we didn't have the teens and only ever when our five-year-old was asleep. And this was a system that worked well for us because it was our thing and our little secret. And it wasn't doing anyone any harm, and we were and are responsible parents that always tend to our obligations. So we felt good about our decision. But our little secret didn't last for too long because five-year-olds are sneaky. They're little ninjas that can appear out of nowhere, which is what happened one night when we were in the backyard. A little four-foot-nothing being appeared out of nowhere right beside me. What's that, Dad? As I'm holding a spliff. But before I tell you what my answer was, I will tell you that we're the kind of parents that told our son that Santa Claus doesn't exist. Yep, that is us. I think he was about two or three when we did it, and we're also the kind of parents that broke the news about the Easter Bunny. Now, I'm keenly aware that my subject matter today and my views on marijuana could be polarizing, but I'm also aware that if I lose any listeners after this podcast, it's probably not going to be because of my views on cannabis. It'll be because I'm a terrible parent for telling my kid that St. Nick ain't real. So. Getting back to the story about my son, as an honest parent, I said, that's our puff. Yeah, that was my answer. (laughs) And I did continue. Every once in a while, mom and dad will take a puff. He thought about it for a moment, and then he followed up with, is it a cigarette? To which I responded, no, more like a puff. And with that, he was completely satisfied and he went happily back up to bed. He now knows that we have a puff every once in a while, although we still only do it after he goes to bed. And there's a comfort in knowing that should we choose, we don't have to hide our puffs anymore. And as an aside, you don't have to tell kids everything, right? Our feeling is that you just know when your kids are ready for something. In my Santa Claus example, we knew that the maturity level of our child and his developing views on life would be enhanced by the revelation. And that's that's true. We definitely felt that way. Now, some of you might be saying that we've taken away the fun and the magic of Christmas, but trust me, that kid has tons of fun and magic in his life. And it it actually reminds me of a hilarious story that I once heard about a young child who asked his mom where he came from mom, where did I come from? And the mom was so flustered. But after a bit, and after debating in her mind whether she was ready or not to have the birds and bees convo, she simply answered, you were born in Wyoming. And to that, the child said, oh, and he went on his merry way. Just like our son accepts the fact that mom and dad have a puff occasionally. Another dynamic to consider on the subject of marijuana usage is that of addiction. Addiction is real, and I have firsthand experience with close friends and family members who have been or are addicts, and I know it can be a scary thing. So, based on my own experience, one of my beliefs on addiction is that most of us are addicted to something, and that something is usually destructive or harmful and doesn't jive with our true wants. Addictions to work, porn, toxic relationships, gambling, eating, overspending, clothing, and even depression are sadly the norm. My contention is that addiction isn't an availability problem. It's a misalignment problem. Let me explain. Why is one person addicted to shopping and not to Jack Daniels? How does someone get hooked on gambling and not on heroin? The answer is found in our subconscious beliefs. The shopper believes that what will make him happy is clothes. The alcoholic believes that what will make her happy or numb the pain is Jack Daniels. Those are beliefs. They're not predicated on the availability of shopping malls or liquor stores. Does accessibility make it a bit easier to become an addict? Yes. However, with or without access to malls or booze, the addict's going to seek and find what they want. You know the drill. Addicts will do anything to get their fix. If you're addicted to clothes, you'll go into debt to feed your addiction. You'll form friendships with others that share your wants. You'll create your reality based on what you want. So, as an addiction counselor will tell you, the best way to confront an addiction is to examine your wants. What's behind your desire to shop, to drink, or to smoke? When we figure that out, and only then, can we begin to work on aligning our wants with our true desires, which I've said on many occasions are rooted in the heart. As I suggested in the Energy podcast episode, one's beliefs are either genetic or environmental. In a lot of cases, you inherited your penchant for alcohol abuse either through genetics or environmental factors such as stressful environments, Early age drinking, or family history, according to Talbot Recovery's research. How you become an alcoholic is somewhat incidental, but how you break the habit is essential. This isn't a podcast about addiction, but I'll tell you something that should absolutely be contemplated when considering the family stance on marijuana use is that each family member's underlying beliefs must be taken into consideration. Maybe we'll tackle that enormous subject in another episode. All right, let's have some fun. This podcast is called Almost Enlightened for a reason. As we head down the final stretch, I'm going to share a few things that actually make me smile or they make me laugh. If you're a parent that uses marijuana, one of the things you have to think about is where you're going to keep your stash, right? And because there is no bloody way in the world my kids are ever going to do laundry, we keep our stash in the dryer. Ha! Yeah, that's right. There's a little drawer underneath my dryer that's big enough to hold some anti-static sheets and a few other little things, including our stash. So that is why we keep it there, and nobody has ever found it. And I'll tell you something else. There's zero danger of them ever listening to this podcast, so it'll stay a secret for a long time. And funny story, I actually have a buddy who's come up with a genius hiding place for his stash, He's got a mason jar, and what he does is he takes the inside of a roll of toilet paper. You know that toilet paper roll when you're done with it, you've got that cardboard piece? Well, he puts that inside the mason jar, and then he fills the mason jar with dried beans. And in the middle is this roll with nothing in it. It's hollow. And he puts his stash in it. So when you look at the jar, it just looks like a jar of dried beans. And you know where he hides it? in plain sight, right in the pantry where everyone can see it and no one has ever found it. That, my friends, is genius. And that is enlightened. The other thing that makes me laugh is how stupid we look when we buy it. Now again, because of the stigma attached to its usage and the fact that I live in a little town that actually has a legal dispensary, I feel like a Cold War spy when I go and make a purchase. Seriously who's around me in the parking lot? Am I wearing my ball cap? Sunglasses? Check. In three, two, one, I will exit this car and take normal steps so that I don't attract any unwanted attention. <laughs> and invariably, oh, hi, mum of child's friend. I'm just, uh, yeah, going next door um, to, to the nail salon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting a gift card for my wife. (laughs) Anyways, these are some of the little things that you just have to laugh at when you think about the subject. Did we solve the marijuana debate in this podcast episode? Uh, No. Do I respect others' opinions who believe that marijuana should never be used? Yeah, actually I do. And as my teenage son always says, you do you. I like that. He's right, and he may be right about a lot more than I give him credit for. So thanks for listening. I hope you have an awesome day or an awesome evening. I appreciate you.